Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, now here we go. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba. Presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now. 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 FM 1071. KTSA. So happy to have you along for this Saturday uh, morning chat fest that we do each and every Saturday uh, it's all about home improvement, what uh, what I can do to help you and in, in, uh, make your life a little easier, a little smoother when it comes to your home uh, and, and, your, uh, and, and your lifestyle around your house. Uh, all things are on topic, from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. No guests today, so it's going to be all about you and your phone calls, 210-599-5555. And uh, we'll get this show started with a little update on uh, on Jim. I know that uh, many of you listeners out there have been praying for Jim and his recovery. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he uh, suffered a stroke several weeks ago. Uh, it's been over a month now and uh, has has been making a pretty good uh, progress in his recovery. In fact, he, he came back to work last Monday in a limited capacity and uh, uh I'm, uh, sadly, I, I have to report that yesterday he had a little bit of a setback and um, and suffered a seizure uh, while at work yesterday. And I know that he's in the hospital. I know he's having MRIs. He's getting great care, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and um, they don't think that he had another stroke. They do believe that he has swelling on the brain, and that's what caused the the uh, seizure. But keep him in your prayers, and uh, we we hope that uh, he gets gets over this this uh, latest hurdle uh quickly and and um and just in fully so uh there's there's an update on jim for you um we have got uh, a, uh again a great show because it's 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 you and your calls it's all about you and your home improvement questions and uh one of the things we are going to talk about today in between calls as uh as as time permits and as we can uh we're going to be talking a little bit about um uh, things that you can do to help stay cool when you're outside working. And uh, I want to let you know that, that Jim just texted me and said, I'm feeling great listening to the show. Love you, brother. So I put that that tells you something about how he's doing. So thanks, man, and, and uh, love to hear that and love to hear from you. And uh, glad, glad you are feeling uh, a little bit better than you were yesterday. Scared everybody. Um, we are going to talk uh, about some tips to stay cool uh, in the in in these very very hot days that we have ahead, uh, we certainly had some record breaking heat last week. This week it's going to be hot again. We're going to get back up into triple digits by Tuesday or Wednesday. And if you're working outside in this, you know how important it is, or maybe you don't know how important it is uh, to stay safe. Uh, heat stroke, heat exhaustion, two very real things and two very dangerous things. And we're going to uh, have a little conversation about how you can keep yourself safe during that also want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, an important event that we have coming up uh in october now i know you're saying october boy that's a long ways away and and october certainly is uh, a little ways off but we want to give everybody a heads up um and and let you know about this event because we you know we feel so strongly about this uh, great uh, charity that we contribute to and and support through our Window World Cures Foundation. Uh, everyone certainly knows St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and uh, through the Window World Cures Foundation, we at Window Worlds uh, we support that that great organization, and and over the years have donated millions of dollars to that. This year, we're doing a brand new event in San Antonio. Uh, for the last eleven or twelve years, we have done a golf tournament. Uh, and and uh, our thanks to Canyon Springs Golf Club for hosting it every year and doing a great job. 
Uh, we've had a great time doing that. But this year we're moving to something a little different and, uh, and hope that this will become an annual event that more people and more people can participate in and enjoy. Even if you don't play golf, it doesn't matter on, on, uh, on this one because everybody loves to laugh. And uh, we're calling this event Laughter is the Best Medicine. And uh, it's an evening of comedy and food and drink and fun uh, and charity uh, and, and fundraising for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. It's going to be at Pedrotti's Ranch out in Holotus, uh, just off of Loop 1604 on FM, FM 1560, Saturday, October 29th. Tentative time is 6 to 10. It's probably going to be pretty close to that. And uh, you can get tickets online. Uh, it's uh, We are so pleased to have our headliner, Cleto Rodriguez, is going to be there. Cleto is a very funny guy and a very uh, inspirational guy. If you've ever seen one of his comedy shows, you know that he is funny as the day is long. And uh, and his comedy ranges a broad spectrum of topics. Uh, very funny guy. And he's bringing along a couple of his good friends in the comedy world as well. Chandra Murthy is going to be there in support, as well as Kim Curley, who's also very funny. Uh, it's going to be a great night. And uh, and tickets are only $150 a person, $225 per couple. And uh, for a table of 10, it's only $1,100. And it's supporting a phenomenal, phenomenal charity, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. If you want to get in early and make sure that you get a ticket, because we are capping this event at 300 people. Um, it is going to be limited capacity and limited um, ticket sales. So if you want to get in early and make sure you get you a ticket before it's uh, too late, uh, it's not too early because we do have our site set up. If you go to windowworldtx.com forward slash funny, windowworldtx.com forward slash funny, uh, you can buy your tickets right there online. And we have sponsorship opportunities that are going to be available. And I have more information uh, coming up uh, about that here in the in the weeks to come. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our phone lines. Uh, we've got them filling up fast this morning. It's 813, and we're going to get right to our first caller, Anita. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. How are you, sir? Fantastic, Anita. How can we help you this morning? Well, I need, uh, I need uh, some things done in my home, electrical and a flooring. I want to replace my carpet with uh, some wood or kind of wood, but maybe vinyl wood. They say it's good. Uh, who do you recommend that I, I get for the, this uh, estimates on these items? Okay, well, for for electric, Mister Electric is uh, is is who I speak for um, every week here on the show. Mm-hmm. They've done work for me, and they'll do great work for you. And uh, if you have a pen handy, the number is two ten four six eight zero nine nine five zero nine nine five. Okay, and uh, you can also go to MrElectric.com. dot uh, com. They'll be happy to help you with all of your electrical needs. Now, when it comes to flooring, if you're looking for vinyl plank flooring, um, yes. who I recommend is is Green Carpet and Flooring Company. Jeff Lavender okay. is the owner over there. He's a friend, uh, and, and he's done lots of work for me in the past, including uh, at, at our showroom, and uh, he put down vinyl plank in our showroom. It looks phenomenal. Okay. And do you have the, their, his number, sir? I, I don't have it right off the top of my head, but just look up Green Carpet Company, and you'll you'll get right to it. Green Carpet Company. Okay, sir. Okay. I believe that. that yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mr. Bamba. You're welcome, Anita. Thanks for calling. Thanks for being a part you of the show this God morning. God bless you. God Thank bless you. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five is the number. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's go to Phil. Phil, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement good Show. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. How can I help you this morning? Well, I have a couple of questions. One is I'm looking at trying to insulate my garage door, and I've been doing some work online research, and there's choices from a radiant barrier to a fiberglass insulation to foam. And I was curious what you think about which of those three is a better option as far as, you know, the R9 value for that? Sure, sure. Uh, getting getting up to an R9 uh, in, in a foam insulation. Now, when you say you're looking at insulating your garage door, is it a hollow door that you're wanting to put insulation inside of, or are you wanting to add something to the outside, the inside surface of the door? Yeah, the inside. It's a regular, um, I guess, metal door. Uh, okay. You know, it's got the different panels, and I've seen them where you can buy the kits that are already pre-cut, and you and you put them into the different sections to help with insulation. 
But again, there's there's choices from the radium barrier and then a fiberglass and then uh, like a foam uh, yeah. material that they, they could pick from. The foam is what I would recommend um, most readily because it's going it's going to be the most durable for you on that particular application. The radiant barrier, if you combine that with the foam, is great, but by itself it won't quite do the same job that the foam is going to do as far as an R value. It does do a nice job of, of helping reflect some of that radiant heat, but you really need to have a dead air space for radiant barrier to be truly effective. So uh, if it's a hollow core door, it can do some good for you, but I think that the foam is going to get you and net you the best results. Okay, and then my second question is, what is your opinion on an induction uh, cooktop? Induction cooktops are really, really uh, interesting and, uh, and and a really cool thing. And I, I've I had never had one until Debbie and I bought an RV about a, about a year and a half ago, and uh, it has an induction cooktop in the RV. The thing that you do need to remember about induction cooktops is it's not compatible with all cookware. So if you have, like, uh, for, for instance, uh, a cast iron skillet, you can't use a cast iron skillet on an induction cooktop because it doesn't connect and work with induction. Uh, it has to have a special ring on the bottom of it that's made specifically to be compatible with the induction system. Now, you can see on the packaging of almost any kind of pan or pot whether it is compatible with, with induction or not. But I will tell you, if you get it and it's not, you'll know right away because you're going to set it down and nothing's going to happen. It won't get hot. It won't It won't ever heat up, and, uh, and it won't work. With that being said, next to live flame and, and gas cooking, I love induction because it is almost infinitely controllable, much like gas heating is or, or gas cooking is. With an electrical t cooktop, it's, it tends to be uneven. It takes a long time to heat up. Induction is almost immediate, and it and it's very very controllable. So, for if you're a chef or or you're a, a cooking enthusiast and you really like to cook and you like to have that control, uh, induction is a great way to go. Okay, thank you very much, sir. And you have a great day. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you calling this morning. Appreciate you being a part of the show. We are, are due for a break. Uh, Phil, number two, you're coming right up. Ray, also, you're coming up. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Phil, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, thank you for being there. Take our call. Absolutely. I have a, I have a stucco exterior home, and uh, underneath all of the windows, there's a horizontal, you know, about four-inch tall, you know, proud piece that sticks out about a half an inch. Um, yes, sir. And for whatever reason, the three windows in my breakfast area, that piece below it on the exterior is cracking out at the bottom of that four inch horizontal piece and rusting. So there's rust exposed rust and it's only in that one spot. And it was when I purchased the home about seven years ago, that was there and we negotiated that to be repaired before we took the home. Um, looked good when we took the home, but uh, within two years, that was starting to crack out and rust again. Wow! And I'm not okay. sure who to go to to try to get some help. Uh, you, you'll need a you'll need a, a stucco contractor, uh, and what they'll likely end up having to do is cut that that band off or that sill off and then reapply and refinish it. Uh, my guess is that you probably have an acrylic finish on your stucco. Uh, I, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why you're having that rust look because typically if you're, if you're doing an acrylic finish, those bands around the window and the sills are going to be a foam that is then wrapped with a membrane and then is finished with a with an acrylic stucco finish um, now you can certainly build them out of out of masonry and and build them out to that you know three-quarter inch depth or inch depth or whatever it is but that's not typical these days um, I'm not sure what is rusting there uh, it sounds odd that you have rust in that area uh, but whenever I mean, there's clearly some little thin metal, some little like you know angled metal there that's cracking out of the stucco. 
It could it could be the yeah it could be the, uh, the the casing bead which is what you're describing it could be the lath has been now exposed to water for two years and it's starting to rust um, because it's not made to be okay. exposed it's made to be you know concealed under the stucco or the masonry uh, but yeah a stucco contractor is who you're gonna who you're gonna want to get a hold of to do something like that. Um, we are so, I would tell you to call us, but we are so swamped right now that coming out for a small repair is not, I would hate to tell you how long it would take us to get to you for that. Um, right, but, right. But, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody to, to, to send to send you to, uh, but any good stucco contractor who has the time, um, could get out there and take care of that for you. Okay. All right. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Hey, absolutely, Phil. I appreciate you calling this morning. Good luck on that. And listen, do, do me a favor. If you don't find somebody to take care of it for you, drop me an email, and and either I or somebody from my office will at least try to get by and identify what's going on there. Okay. Appreciate your help. Okay. You take Thanks, care. Phil. Appreciate you calling. Uh, 210-599-5555 is the number. 210-599-5555 as we go to Ray. Ray, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, got a, I've got a 15-year-old water heater, and um, I don't want any surprises, so I'm looking into possibly replacing it before it dies on me. Okay. Um, tell me what your views are, what your perspective is on tankless water heaters, and is that the same thing as an on-demand water heater? Tankless and on-demand are the same product. Okay. Um, by the they, way, I'm in New Braunfels. I'm in New Braunfels. Oh, okay. Sure. So we got sure. hard water. Oh man. Well, you're you're definitely going to want to couple it with a water softener, whatever you do. If you don't already have a water softener, that's that's my first piece of advice. Is it's going to help tremendously um, lengthen the the lifespan of whatever it is you put in there, whether it be a, a traditional tank water heater or tankless. Um, do you have gas run to your home currently? Yes. Okay, if you have gas and you don't mind spending the upfront that's that's going to be more expensive than a tank water heater, traditional water heater, uh, I I love tankless water heaters. I think they're fantastic. I've got, in fact, I've got a house in New Braunfels and it's got a tankless on it, and uh, and they're they work tremendously well. Uh, I don't recommend it if you just have electricity and you have no access to gas because it it can be. A, a costly process to get the electric hooked up, and then it is expensive to run compared to gas. So if you have gas, uh, absolutely recommend a tankless water heater, and I think you'll love it. Okay, so my traditional water heater is in a in a inside the house in a closet. So I guess that's where the uh, that's where the gas comes in. So someone would be able to to come in and. Pull the old one out and put a tankless water heater in. Um, why, why is it on demand? I mean, if there's no tank, where's the water heated? It's heated in the unit. Uh, it's a superheating unit that when the water runs through it, it heats it up almost immediately, and okay. then you have that hot water in your pipes. Whereas with a, a tank water heater, uh, in, unless you have a recirculating pump on it, which is also a, a, an, an okay way to go, probably not as cost-effective in the long run as a tankless water heater, but you can put a recirculating pump on your on your water tank and and get pretty much the same effect. And the reason for that is, is during peak times of the day when you plan on using your, your uh, hot water in the morning taking your shower, in the evening taking your shower, whatever that is, you set your timer for that time, and it's constantly pushing hot water through your, through your hot water pipes. Whereas with a traditional system, and, and no recirculating pump, you have cold water that sits in those pipes, and especially in the wintertime, it, it can be super cold water in those pipes, and it takes a little while for that hot water to push it out and heat up the pipe, and then, then you That's realize wasteful. your hot water. Yeah. It's, it's wasteful, yeah. and, and it's also frustrating if you happen to be on the other end of the house from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, very good. Thanks for your help, your advice. All right, Ray. Thanks a lot for calling this morning. Really appreciate you sure. being a part of the show. 210-599-5555 is the number. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. i got to tell you, my scenery this morning is really, really good. Um, 
let's uh, let's get right back to those phone lines. Tim, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing, Martin? Fantastic. Tim, how can I help you this morning? Martin, I waited seven long months for my Window World windows. And last week, it all came together. And I, I just want to reach out to you and thank you. And uh, the installers were fantastic. We're 100% happy with the with the windows, the quality, and the whole experience dealing with you guys. And I'm in the construction business, and, you know, I know it means a lot to us when we hear positive feedback. And I just wanted to give you a holler and let you know we're so happy. We're out here outside of Bernie, out in the country. And like I said, the installers were fantastic. Well, well, Tim, you're absolutely correct. It does mean a, a tremendous amount to us when we hear the good feedback like that. We love to hear it. Um, one thing that I'm I'm pretty clear on with anybody that knows me is that uh, never never purport to be perfect. We we try our best to do our best every time. We fall short sometimes, and we uh, you know we 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 own those things, and we we try our best to make them right as quickly as possible. You know, in the construction industry, and and you can attest to this that uh, delays are a fact of life and continue to be a fact of life. And, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven, seven months is not something. I'll tell you what, if you'd have told me three years ago that I would have to tell customers it would be six or seven months before their windows get installed, I would have said you're insane yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and never would have believed it. But the circumstances surrounding supply chains, labor shortages, uh, <laughs> repeated illnesses on factory line, you name it. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it was perfect storm. Well, you know, and it's not getting any better. You know, we're it, still it, suffering through all the supply chain BS. It's, we it's are. hard doing business these days. You know, it really is the last couple of years. But well, anyway, I'll tell you, I'll uh, tell you another good example. Who was your installer, please? Saul and Mark. Saul and Mark. Okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. and they were just friendly as they could be. Uh, they were all about, you know, getting it done right and uh, not a lot of foo-foo. They were... You know, they they kept after it, and they weren't distracted, and they had a couple of challenges that uh, they worked through. And like I said, we're 100% satisfied. I mean, <laughs> we're blown away. Well, man, right. that's money well, I can't money well spent, Mark. Can't tell you how happy that makes me to hear that. And and uh, and and I would ask if you have the time and you're so inclined, go online on Google and repeat that online. We'd love to hear it. I'll do it, buddy. Have a good Thanks, weekend. Bud. Thanks for your business, Bye. Tim. Thank you, sir. You bet. Uh, yes, sir. Homeboy from out in Bernie. Fantastic. Um, we, we do a lot of work out in Bernie and uh, Bergheim and that, that whole area, and uh, just uh, appreciate our customers all over the place. But the Hill Country is a special place for us, too. We love it. Um, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. As Tim mentioned, you know, supply, supply chain issues continue to be a problem, and that's that's one of the things that if you're not in the industry – it's hard for some folks to understand that this has not just magically gotten better overnight. Whenever uh, our pandemic, quote, ended, and, and by the way, it's not over. Um, there's still parts of our country that are experiencing upsurges in in uh, cases, thankfully not as severe um, and not as, you know, life-threatening, it doesn't sound like. But, but it's still there, and it's going to be a fact of life for a long time to come. But the supply chain issues and the labor issues, I can tell you from traveling, Debbie and I love to travel, and I can tell you from traveling outside of the U.S., it's not just a United States problem either. Um, we we love visiting uh, the, the small country of Belize down in Central America. And uh, down here, there are help-wanted signs up everywhere. There are um, resorts that were being built we were here in January, and there were resorts that were being built that now six months later haven't had anything done to them. And I can only assume it's because of either A, labor, or B, supply chain shortages that doesn't allow them to get the supplies that they need to continue their work. And uh, and, and this is six months later. Nothing has been done. And th- these are things that continue to affect us. Um, and and you see it on the news. I've I've seen at least three news uh, items about this on the national news over the last week that have addressed these very things. So, whenever somebody tells you if they're in the if they're in the trades and they're telling you that that something is delayed uh, because of the pandemic, don't discount that as as a falsehood. 
because I can tell you that the 99% of the time, that's absolutely accurate. There's some part of things that have been affected by the pandemic that continue, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to slow down production and slow down installations and slow down delivery. And, uh, and, you know, we're, we're working every day to expedite things and get through it as quickly as we possibly can, but it's not going to happen overnight. And, uh, and I said, I said months ago, months and months ago, I said, I thought it would be at least first quarter of 2023. And, and I keep pushing that back. I think maybe now second, third quarter of 2023 before things get back to some sense of normalcy, but, but it, it is improving. I, I know that, uh, it's uh, our, our, our timeline is improving because of addition of additional uh, installation professionals that's that's helped us tremendously to to start getting things installed more quickly it does nothing to help us get product that we don't have already or product that we have to reorder because of whatever reason but uh, but certainly we're working towards that goal uh, and again thanks to Tim for that really really uh, nice call appreciate it and uh, and our guys appreciate it too Sal and Mark Congratulations. Great job, guys. And if you're so inclined, you want to drop a, a well wish or a, or a thought uh, to Jim uh, in his recovery time, it's jsmith at windowworldtx.com. jsmith at windowworldtx.com. Um, one of the things that I uh, wanted to get to last week, uh, ran out of time, did not have time to get to it, but we're going to talk about uh, how to stay cool while you're outside working in, in these triple-digit temperatures that we've been experiencing and uh, a little quiz that uh, that I that I went through and took, I did I did pretty well on it. Um, but how how well would you do on it? Uh, number one, how frequently should you drink water while working in hot weather? Every fifteen to twenty minutes, every hour, whenever you're thirsty. Okay, uh, if you happen to say every fifteen to twenty minutes, you are correct. You should be drinking water every fifteen to twenty minutes when you are out. Uh, in the in the hot uh, weather working when a person stops sweating in the heat that's usually a warning sign of a heat stroke is that true or false that's true you stop sweating that's not a good sign you start getting a cold chills not a good sign uh, number three it's better to eat large meals during lunchtime to protect your body from the heat that is false smaller meals spread throughout the day much better for you when you're working in the heat and then lastly which is not a sign of heat exhaustion Dizziness, goosebumps on your skin, rapid pulse, muscle cramps. Well, the fact is all of those are signs of heat exhaustion. And when you start experiencing those, you need to immediately get yourself cooled down um, and, and don't ignore those. Now, there's a lot of tools and tricks, including some as simple as making sure that you always have water that will help keep your body temperature from rising during extreme heat waves. And... You should take advantage of as many of these as possible. Uh, finding what works for you is also a personal thing. Not only do your bodies, our bodies, respond differently, uh, but not every job requires working outdoor, that requires working outdoors is the same. So using what's best for your body and your work situation makes all the difference. So when the heat is on, here's, here's some good ways to cope. Okay, number one, very, very simple. Hydrate, hydrate, and hydrate some more. Drink water every 15 to 20 minutes. That's right, water. I know some people don't like drinking water. I don't understand that. I happen to love water, but some people just are not into water. Um, beer is not the same as water, okay? Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, you want to you limit your alcohol consumption at, when you're working out in the heat and drink as much water as you can and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, never, ever short yourself on fluids. Uh, tip number two. Go easy on the caffeine. So that cup of coffee in the morning is fantastic, but whenever a heat wave is on, don't overdo it on the caffeine because uh, an excess of caffeine can prompt dehydration. Uh, energy drinks also have a healthy dose of caffeine. So if you're drinking energy drinks in place of water during the day, you're actually defeating the purpose. Uh, tip number three, dress for success. You want to wear cool, loose-fitting clothing, light-colored fabrics. Don't wear dark clothes if you can help it. Uh, and if you can, wear a hat while you're on the job. And uh, while it's very tempting to take those clothes off and leave your skin exposed, uh, the sun is not going to help keep you cool. It's going to lead to sunburn or even heat stroke. So keep your clothes on, sweaty or not. 
uh, layer on the sunscreen. I cannot stress how, how important wearing a good SPF of at least 30 is when you're outside. Uh, back in the day, I never wore sunscreen. Whenever I was growing up, it was unheard of. Nobody put sunscreen on. But I'll tell you what, I don't go outside for more than 15 or 20 minutes now without applying sunscreen. And uh, the older you get, the more you appreciate that. Get in the shade as often as you can. That's another good tip. And let your body acclimate. Uh, if you uh, live in an area with changing seasons, we don't. Um, we, we have a, you know pretty consistently hot throughout the summer and, and uh, spring. And, but you still need to allow your body to get used to the conditions. You don't uh, work, for instance, in a, an air-conditioned office all week. And then on Saturday morning, uh, when it's 95 degrees, go outside and start chopping wood in the yard and expect your body to not react badly to that. Eating right is uh, is something that can help you. If you eat smaller snacks and light meals throughout the day, your body creates more me- me- metabolic heat if it's breaking down heavy foods. So eating smaller meals um, and, and replenishing your electrolytes during the day uh, is what can help you really and truly um, cool down, sweat, and cool yourself. Um, sweating is also a sign that your body is functioning like it should. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And uh, it, it, it is trying to reduce its temperature through evaporation. So if you're battling heat and you su- suddenly stop sweating, that's a warning sign for a heat stroke. Don't be concerned about sweating on hot days on the job, but do take measures if you stop sweating. Um, spritzing is not a bad idea. Having a, a, a water uh, sprayer to, to spritz yourself down and, and put some cold water on you, on your wrist, just below the palm, uh, these are some ways to help cool your body down putting a damp towel in the freezer the night before can help uh using that around your neck adjust your schedule in the summertime i'll tell you what getting out and getting started early is key get out there at six o'clock in the morning if you can and get out of there by three if you can that that will help help you beat the heat as well wearing a cooling vest may not be as practical for some people as others but that's another one having a fan on your job site very very nice if you can 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Thanks to Don Cooper-Stevens in there uh, producing the show and uh, and uh, training up a, a, a new guy in there, Jimmy. Uh, appreciate you guys and everything that you're doing to keep this show rocking this morning. And uh, let's see here. So uh, earlier we were talking a little bit about outdoor uh, living areas, outdoor kitchens, things like that. And uh, one of the things that really can be a, a showpiece in an outdoor kitchen or a patio is an, is an outdoor pizza oven. And it's a great way that, to bring your family and your friends together for a fun afternoon or evening of making cooking, making and cooking pizzas. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can also bake bread in a pizza oven. You can cook tur- turkeys, uh, roasts. You can cook phenomenal steaks in a pizza oven. Uh, you ever want to get that sizzle that, that they get at the, at the top-end steakhouses? Uh, you you put a cast iron skillet in there. You can do a steak like nobody's business in a in an outdoor pizza oven. So, let's let's talk a little bit about pizza ovens and why they're so popular and and why people love them. Um, some of the things we're going to discuss are you know what is an outdoor pizza oven and how does a, a an outdoor pizza oven work and what is the difference between gas and charcoal outdoor pizza ovens, wood fired outdoor pizza ovens, how much do they cost? Uh, what kind of accessories that uh, that are available out there for pizza ovens, and and also the maintenance of an outdoor pizza oven. So first of all, let's get into what is an outdoor pizza oven, because a lot of people don't even realize, you know, what these are and, and, and how they work. An outdoor pizza oven can either be built in or it can be freestanding, and it can be powered by wood, gas, or charcoal. Uh, they can be built with a variety of different materials, including brick and cement, but they can also be made out of various metals. Uh, I will tell you the ones that I've had have always been out of masonry or, or brick, and uh, and I've loved them, but I have heard that some of the, the metal ones work okay too. Um, how, how does an outdoor pizza oven work? So here's, you ever wonder what the difference is when you're, when you're getting a pizza at a really cool Italian place with a wood-fired pizza oven? You, you get that pizza and you're like, man, I can't make this at home. Why can't, why can't I make this at home? Well, the fact of the matter is you typically can't make the, that at home because you can't get your oven at home hot enough to actually 
replicate the the type of results that you'll get from a, a wood fired or a gas fired pizza oven. Uh, you can get up to 800 plus degrees in 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 an outdoor pizza oven. Um, that high temperature will give your pizzas a pizzeria style crispy crust. Outdoor pizza ovens usually have a ceramic or or brick or stone cooking surface. It pulls moisture from the pizza dough to obtain that really crisp texture, and you can't you simply can't do that in a regular oven. Now, let's talk a little bit about gas and charcoal outdoor pizza ovens. Uh, the popularity of outdoor pizza ovens means more and more types are are available and becoming available, and and in a range of sizes and price points, you can get everything from from a small you know, one 12 inch pizza pizza oven to, you know, one that'll fit three or four of those, uh, depending on, you know, how much cooking you think you're going to do and, and how much family you have and how many parties you feel like throwing. Um, pizza ovens are generally smaller and, and less expensive in the gas and charcoal varieties. Uh, there are tabletop models that can sit directly over a charcoal or gas grill and draw their heat from the grill. I don't recommend those. Um, you'll never get the same results that you will out of one that you actually build the fire in or have have the fire in. Uh, there's also portable convertible models that can be heated with charcoal, gas, wood pellets, or wood chips. Um, I've never tried the wood chip or wood pellet um, varieties. Um, I'd be interested in trying one and seeing what it's like, but I have not yet. And then there are uh, also some electric models on market, but they simply do not produce the high temperatures that gas and charcoal can. Now, the ones that I've had, I've had two different pizza ovens, and the ones that I've had have always been wood-fired pizza ovens, and it's what you find in a real pizzeria. Uh, this type of oven is built by building a wood fire right right there in, in the oven on the cooking surface until it reaches the desired temperature. Then you push the wood and the embers out of the way to the corner of the oven, and the pizza cooks on the hot surface. And um, they acquire a taste that you can't get with gas or charcoal briquettes. It's a, it's a, it's a smoke-infused uh, flavor that you simply can't get with those other, other methods. Uh, Wood-fired pizza ovens are generally larger and more expensive uh, than your charcoal or your gas models. And um, they may be hefty. Some of them are portable. Uh, the one I currently have, you can move it. It's not something you want to move all the time, but it can be moved. Um, the, you know, if if you're if you're, a, if you're a, a big DIYer, you can make an outdoor pizza oven the focal point of a backyard and uh, in, in, in your cooking area, and, and you can even order a pizza oven kit, which is what I did on the last one, and assemble it right there. You can face it in stone or brick or stucco. And uh, they really are pretty awesome. Uh, I, I really and truly recommend if you like pizza and you like, you know, being able to do it yourself and, and, and make that real pizzeria pizza crust, there is no better way than an outdoor pizza oven. Now, let's talk about cost uh, associated with, with pizza ovens, okay? An outdoor pizza oven um, can, can range anywhere from around $200 to several thousand. When I say several thousand, I mean you can get up there in the fifteen, twenty thousand dollar range if you're if you're doing a really, um, really nice one. Uh, you can consider the cost of materials, the rebar, the cement block for the base, the stone facing, and the brick facing. These are all things that you can that you can do. Um, you, there's all kinds of different accessories that you can get for your pizza oven, uh, from pizza paddles and peels to to the you know to the ash um, rakes that that get the stuff out of the way for you when you're cooking. Now maintenance maintenance is really and truly very minimal. A wire brush that you use to clean up the spills um, in the middle of the pizza oven is really and truly about all you need. And if you have a stainless steel outdoor pizza oven, a damp cloth uh, is usually the only thing that you need to clean it, and, and it does the trick. Uh, again, I can't stress enough how how much I enjoy the pizza oven that we have in our backyard i i would recommend one to anybody and uh if 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 you're so inclined go online and your your head will swim with the amount of different options that you have in outdoor pizza ovens uh let's get back to those phone lines 210 599 5555 210 599 
5555 55 is the number. Brenda, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I'm having a little issue. I don't have any gutters on my house at all, and I just have a little area that I'm going to have uh, uh, probably uh, some people come out and take a look at, and I just wondered if you can give me some guidelines on what I need to to look for um, when these people come out. Sure, a- absolutely. Um, the first thing that you want to be sure of is that, that they're obviously a good, reputable company. Um, we we sell and install gutters through Window World, but there are there are several good companies out there, and uh, I prefer a six inch gutter over a five inch gutter, uh, especially if you have any any real pitch to your roof because it it will handle a larger volume without overflowing or or clogging. Um, you want to make sure that it's an aluminum seamless gutter. Not a plastic gutter or a vinyl gutter, but a, an aluminum seamless gutter. Uh, and and by seamless, what I mean by that is that it's actually run right there on the job, and it can be run into lengths often up to 75 to 100 feet in one run without any seams. Um, you want to make sure that they're using a good hidden fastener system. Um, gutter spikes are kind of a thing of the past. Nobody uses those anymore, to my knowledge. Uh, but you want to make sure that they're using a good, sturdy, hidden fastener, hidden hanger system. And then lastly, if you're going to have gutter protection uh, or, or a leaf protection on the top of those gutters, make sure that that type of protection will not only keep the leaves out, but will keep the water in. And by that I mean there are some gutter uh, companies out there that advertise a, 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 a gutter guard, um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but the it, it looks like a great idea because it keeps the leaves out. Absolutely, yes, the leaves flow right off the top, but unfortunately in a heavy rain, so does the water. And uh, there are other better options out there, and, and we prefer a mesh uh, stainless steel gutter protection system that lets the water flow in, but the leaves flow off. Okay. Um, I I don't really have a lot of trees uh, in that area where um, uh, I would have leaves in there, but I have a composition roof, and it does shed those little um, petrochemicals. Yes. And so is there a, a mesh or a screen that would keep that out that that would be my issue because then you got to think about you know cleaning it um, sure well it, most of those granules because almost all composition shingle roofs will shed those granules like you're talking about and and in the first heavy rain most of that will wash out um it's it's rare that it really builds up in the gutter but if if that is a concern yes the mesh that i just described to you uh, is a fine enough mesh that the granules the granules will flow off of that and not into the gutter. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, um, okay. All right. I, I guess that's all I need to ask you about that. I don't know much about gutters, uh, but I have an area with a, a low window in the front of my house that uh, the rain kind of. You know, when it gets really wild, it, 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 anyway, I just hope I haven't, you know, don't have rotten wood inside the, uh, the house. But, uh, okay, I didn't realize that your company, uh, does do that. I, I may, but you said you're pretty far, uh, in advance as far well, as with our out. with our gutters it's not quite as bad i will tell you with our gutters it's not quite as bad because uh, with the exception of ha- having a difficult time finding certain colors uh in gutter oh. coil that's that's been our only our only setback but beyond that we are probably two to three weeks out on gutters oh okay okay well i'll give you a call on monday and set up an appointment well, we appreciate that, Brenda. We'll be happy to help you and, and uh, answer any questions that you have while we're out there. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank Bye-bye. Thank, thank you, ma'am. Have a great day. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, If you ever want to drop me a line uh, via email, that is mbomba, M-B-O-M-B-A, at windowworldtx.com, mbomba at windowworldtx.com. 
and uh, always happy to hear from you, and, and I, I certainly respond to those emails as quickly as I possibly can. Um, you know, you think about, uh, typically you think about the time of year to declutter and clean your house is spring, right? Well, whenever it's 103, 104 degrees outside, might not be a bad idea to think about doing some in- indoor work and uh, and doing that inside your house this time of year, right? Um, and so ran across an article, things to get rid of immediately in your home. And, and I always love coming up with, uh, with with these because there's always something new or different on it that I didn't think of uh, that could be cluttering up your house and, and uh, you know, things that can help you – do away with that clutter that's invaded your home and, and give, give yourself a more uh, pleasurable living uh, place. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let's talk a f- about a few of these things. Uh, one of them is VHS tapes. VHS tapes, um, are I don't know anybody that actually still uses VHS tapes, maybe, uh, but there are so many streaming options online. Uh, that you really don't need VHS tapes anymore if, you, if you're still hanging on to them. And if it's family t- tapes and family heirlooms, get them put onto uh, DVDs so you can, you know, have a more compact, more long-lasting product. Um, Worn-out bed pillows, that's another one. Get rid of those uh, immediately because they really do kind of get nasty. Um, they should be replaced every one to two years. Now, I don't know of anybody that replaces their pillow every one year um, but that's what they're recommending uh, in the National Sleep Foundation. Um, another one uh, would be old rags. Now, it's nice to, to keep a few of them out in your garage around for cleaning, oil changes, other messy things that happen in, you know, in the garage when you're working outside. But if you have piles of used rags, and especially those with oily substances on them, get rid of them safely as soon as you can. Uh, this time of year, one to keep in mind that you want to get rid of, expired sunscreen expired sunscreen yeah uh how many of you raise your hands how many of you didn't know that sunscreen expired well it it does so check the expiration date and toss any bottles or tubes that are past their prime and we'll talk about some more of these on the list as uh, as the show goes on as we have time but first of all we're going to get back to some calls oscar hang on don't go anywhere melinda you are up on the ktsa home improvement show yes sir um, I have a house built in 77, and it has popcorn ceiling. Who gets rid of that for you? Well, uh, if you if you want to hire somebody to do it, a good, uh, a good um, sheetrock painting contractor slash sheetrock contractor can do that for you. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, that, that was my only question. And I want to give you a, a thank you for your um uh, your representative that came out from my windows. Um, oh, gosh. What, now that I'm on, and I can't remember his name. I'm oh. sorry. Um, yeah. Um, is it, yeah. Well, anyway, thank you. If you think about <laughs> and, you think about it, you let me know, Belinda, but I'm glad that we could help whomever it was. Whoever you got, you got somebody good. So that's, that's the good okay. news. Uh-huh. All righty. Thank you. Well, thank you, ma'am. Sure uh, appreciate it. Yeah, when it comes okay. to those pop, when it comes to those popcorn ceilings, everybody, you you, um, it's a messy, can be a messy process getting that done. Some people don't mind tackling it themselves, um, but but I will tell you, it is messy. You want to make sure that the removal process is a wet removal process, whereby they they dampen the ceiling as they're scraping it, so as to cut down on the amount of dust that it creates in your home. But yeah, Melinda, a, a good a good painting and drywall contractor can uh, certainly take care of that for you. Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Let's go to Oscar. Oscar, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so about in in 2002 I built a house and I put some uh I guess some riverbed rock. I okay. layered out all up along the sides and made some pillars of it and stuff like that. And I live in Laredo, and Laredo's got some really hard water. And so it seems like the water from the sprinkler system has hit the rock, and it makes the rock really chip a lot. And I've been trying to find something that I could seal that rock with that will protect it, and I don't know what to use. I used some stuff a while back, and and it seems like it kind of formed like a uh, 
uh, I guess it kind of looks like when what your skin looks like whenever you you're peeling after a suntan. Uh, in and and now I've got chips coming off of the rock, and I'm trying to protect it and preserve it. I just don't know what to do about it. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, it's the same uh, essential problem that you can have through through a couple of freeze thaw cycles with flagstone around a pool. Uh, it it starts sloughing, and uh, and and you do have to go back in and reseal every you know, in most cases every two to three years, something like that. So even after you sealed this stone. You're going to need to go back and reseal it about every two years or so, and um, awesome. there, there there is a, there is there's a number of different sealants that you can use. Thompson's makes one for masonry. Uh, you'll you'll likely want something that has either a low or no sheen. Uh, there are a couple of different stone sealants that you can get that have no. It, you don't even know that you sealed it, sure. except for the fact that you don't have the problems that you had before you sealed it, and and you you keep that natural right. beauty of the stone. But yeah, Thompson's is one that's very well known. Everybody, of course, knows Thompson's water seal for your fences and your wood products, your decks, and things like that. But they also make a stone uh, sealing product that would work great. Awesome. Uh, is there anything in particular that I should look for as far as the type that I need? Yeah, you're going to want something that's oil-based and something that is, again, going to have a low sheen. Uh, uh, another one, what okay. I used, the, the last time that I sealed my flagstone, I used a bare product, and uh, and, it, okay. and it did a great job. It did a great job. I, I, I went out, I, I rolled it out um, with a roller. I tried doing it with a sprayer, and, and the sprayer worked to a certain extent, but I had my best luck using a roller and rolling it out. But on your particular um, job, I would use a pump-up sprayer. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely, uh, Oscar. Thanks for listening. Show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate, appreciate it very you. much. Yes, sir. Hey, grab yourself a phone yes, line, too, at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. Love coming to you each and every Saturday and, and doing this thing. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to you and answer questions and, and hopefully make, make life a little easier on you and, and point you in the right direction on maybe some advice that you need. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Let's get right back to those phones. Sally, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, Martin. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Sally. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I woke up and your show was on already, and I am so excited to ask you another question. Okay. Um, the woman who called you about removing popcorn from her ceiling. Yes. I have a place that's like 30 years old, and everything is out of date, and I'm thinking about doing the ceiling. I always thought, well, I'm pretty capable, do it yourself or But I didn't even really understand the changes that take place. Like you mentioned that it should be removed wet. And, you know, I want to be able to see the end from the beginning. I want to be able to see the steps in between. Um, I also am starting to understand that once you remove it, you want your ceiling smooth. So you remove it, and then you have to have it sanded and smoothed, and then you have to prime it, and then you have to paint it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Depending on what type of texture you want, in fact, many ceilings... Uh, are are not smooth. They have some type of a texture on them, um, not not popcorn, of course, but more of a drag. Well, then texture. that would have to be added after you remove the popcorn. Correct, correct. That would have to be added after you remove the popcorn, and uh, and and there is certainly uh, some amount of skill that goes into doing it, doing it right, and doing it well. Um, I I will be the first person to admit that I am not the best tape and float person on the planet. I uh, I'm, my. That is not my skill set uh, at its best, but uh, it certainly can be done, and you don't have to sand everything down. No, if, if, if that were the case, it would really be difficult. Well, I think one of the reasons I'm asking is like going to get your car fixed, and if you understand a little bit about cars, then you can judge whether they're telling you correctly what they are going to need to do. I'm just at the point where I'm going, I can't do this myself, but I want to understand it. So, um, 
Well, if you'll drop People me a line. People are just if, using if, smooth ceilings. They're also texturing them, huh? Yes, ma'am. They sure are. And, and, and if you'll drop me an email, Sally, I'll be happy to send you the name of uh, a couple of guys that I would recommend that I've used on multiple occasions. Well, may I ask a second related question? Absolutely. So some of my rooms and some of the parts of the rooms have um, wallpaper. And I'm starting to grasp that if it's a do-it-yourself, you put wallpaper where there was wallpaper, and you texture if you're going to change to painting. Right. So I wanted to ask you about that, and then I wanted to ask you about the corner beads, because I don't know if they did it incorrectly or not, but the corners of walls, all this stuff seems to chip off, and there's a metal bead underneath. Yeah, un- unfortunately, um, th- that's kind of unavoidable in some. It doesn't necessarily mean that they did the corner beads wrong. It just means that that's a high-impact area that, that can be hit, and there is no such thing as, as a, at least not to my knowledge, as a uh, corner bead that's going to prevent you from ever having any kind of a chip on that corner. So not necessarily done wrong, uh, just a, a, a more high-impact area that is more likely to get damage. Um, but as far as texture, sound like something to me that really a, a person who's a skilled professional could do much more simply than I could do it. And more without a doubt, uh, yeah, without a doubt, I'm not going to tell you that that any of what we're talking about is is easy if it's not something you do all the time. And uh, the the texturing of the sh- of the wallpaper, yes, you can texture directly over wallpaper. The biggest thing about that is. You need to make sure that any loose pieces are cut out and, and, and removed. Otherwise, you're going to have those popping up through your texture. never thought about texturing over it. I thought it had to be removed. It does, it okay, does not well, necessarily have to be removed. Some notes, and I'll put down to email you and ask you for your recommendation. Well, all right. Well, hey, listen, Sally, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. All right, let's uh, let's get to Jim. Jim, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hey, good morning there. How are you doing today? Outstanding, Jim. How can I help you? Fantastic, fantastic. I have an actually, it's an outside uh, hose bib. We don't use it a lot, but it's uh, a long run from the well pump house. But uh, here recently, we we turn on the the hose bib, and it'll run fine for oh, maybe 30, 40 seconds, and then it starts sputtering like crazy. And I've got a, uh, the pipe starts chattering and, and uh, bouncing back and forth. I go outside to the pump house, and I've stared at the uh, at the pressure gauge for probably 30 minutes at a time, and it doesn't drop. So I'm, I'm wondering what mm-hmm. could be causing that uh, that hose, the, well, the pipe to start chattering like that and sputtering and spitting out a bunch of, well, it's got to be air out, out of the hose. Yeah, it sounds like you've got an it sounds like you've got an air uh, pocket in in the uh, in the run from your pump house to that hose bib, and it sounds like you might need to bleed the lines of air. Okay, but but right. well, it it I'll... it is strange that your that your pressure gauge doesn't fluctuate at all. Um, right, that that was my curiosity. I thought, well, if there's a hose or there's a small crack in the pipe somewhere between the pump house and the hose bib, I can see where that would be the cause, but I mean, then, then again, it should bleed down the, the pressure. Correct. I, I don't think you have a crack. I, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like there's just a, you know, that you've got an air air uh, problem that you need to bleed out. And if you can do that, have you tried that yet? Have you tried, you know, opening it up and, and bleeding the lines and then, you know, going back and closing them all down? Yes, I've opened them up and then you know watered. Uh, of course, yeah, it's amazing. Things need watering out here nowadays. But yeah, but you it, think? Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, I've done that and uh, it's, it's it sputters for a while and it takes a while, but then it seems to calm down. But then next time I go to turn the hose back on, it'll it run fine again. for fifteen twenty seconds and it repeats the process. Okay. Man, I, I wish I had a good, perfect answer for you on that one. I don't. You you, you may end up having to get a, a professional out there to take a look at it and see if there's something going on with your pump. Um, it, again, it doesn't sound like it because your pressure gauge is not fluctuating, but 
you you never know. Maybe you have a defective pressure gauge. I don't know. It's possible, or possibly just a tiny pinhole in, could in be. Uh, one of the long runs. That could mm. be. Yeah. All right. I've but, tried but to that, walk but, the distance, and there's but that is frustrating. That is frustrating when you have when you have a problem that you can't identify. That's you know that's the worst kind of problem. You know, if you can, even if it's a bad problem, if you can identify it, you can fix it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've walked the the length of the the run of what should be the the pipe run, and there's not a squishy or wet spot on the ground. So, yeah, I uh, I really tend to not think that you have a leak. I uh, th- there's there's air getting into that line somehow though, and. Mm-hmm. You know, once you've bled it out, that should theoretically take care of it for a while. But um, there's something else going on there. I think I think you need to get a plumber out there and take a look at it. Okay. All okay. right. I'll consider that. Thank you so much. Hey, you have a wonderful Jim, thanks weekend. A lot. Appreciate you, man. Thanks yeah. for calling this morning. Uh, hey, John, don't go anywhere. You're coming right up. Your call's too at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Let's go to John. Hey, John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Uh, I I had two questions. Uh, the first one, uh, I one I wonder if you can point me in the right direction. I have a a uh, wooden floor that it's um, I would say slightly scratched. Um, now it's not the entire you know floor. It's in the in the dining room, and so it you know it's it's about maybe one-tenth of that of the floor is scratched so i'm being told well you know if you if you uh we're gonna have to take you know portions of that out whatever is scratched replace it and then someone else told me well no we're gonna have to you know take all of it out you know to replace it because it's you know it's uh it's glued on so it might once you take it off it might affect the ones that are not scratched meaning that the the um you know, once once you start taking it off, the actual you know wood may rip off. You know, from the ones that are right next to it. Uh, yeah. You, you, I mean, how badly scratched is it? Is it is it terribly scratched? Mm, I would say from if I could scale it from one to ten, I would say maybe maybe you know two. Oh so yeah, it, that's it, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad, um, but it's it's you know it's 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 not it's right at the entrance, so it's you know it 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 and and unfortunately the the scratch is also right there, you know as you enter the the house. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I don't think, I, I mean, without seeing it, it's hard for me to tell you because it, it, it depends on if your floor is refinishable. That's that's one thing. Is this a real hardwood floor? Is this a, a laminate floor? What is this? Well, luckily, when they built this house, which was in 2014, uh, they did give me whatever, you know, dating use. So I do have the remaining of it, which would probably be enough, you know, to, to cover that. And it's, it sounds like it, yeah. at it. Yeah, I was taking a look at it, and uh, it, I, um, on the underside, it looks like, I mean, real wood. It's it's not okay. uh, vinyl. If it's real wood, it can be refinished typically at least one or two times. And I, I would recommend you probably should give River City Flooring a call and have them River come City. out. River City Flooring, and they specialize in hardwood flooring, and uh, they, they also do um, – they also do refinishing and things of that nature, but have them come out and take a look at it and give you their opinion. Okay, all righty, that sounds good. And the second question: um, What is the pressure supposed to be on on the water? I've, I had a I had a, a water line that broke, and I was told no, the pressure was too high, so it was remedied. It was it was fixed, um, but. Apparently they had to adjust the the um, the pressure, and the the gentleman that came out to fix it, he said it should be between sixty and eighty. Um, when I went to buy the pressure gauge, which I was told, you know what, it's, it's best if you have one. Home Depot tells me he said no, it should be between uh, fifty-five and seventy-five. So. Well, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs, but 60 to 80 is the recommended uh, recommend, recommended pressure for most residential homes. 
60 to 80. Okay. 60 to 80. And I can tell you that I've I've had on the very low end in some homes, and, and in the home that I'm currently in, I'm right up there at that 80 mark. And uh, it, it just, you know, it, it pressure can fluctuate, but 60 to 80 is normal. Right. It's just kind of funny. I have another home, and, I mean, this, it seems like the pressure at the other home is, you know, I get more water <laughs> out of it than, than, uh. than this other. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 is strange. That is strange. But yeah, whoever told you sixty sixty to eighty is correct. And I mean it it can it can drop as low as you know uh, forty five pounds, which is pretty low. But anything below forty, uh, and and certainly below thirty, it's going to be considered too low, and you really need to get okay. that addressed. Okay, concerning. Okay, all right. As long as it doesn't go past uh, eighty, so that would. Definitely yeah. affect the Keep pipe. it under 80 because if you go over 80, you take a chance of bursting pipes and having some problems. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I don't want to do it. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for the guidance, sir. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for being a part of the show this morning. Thanks for calling. And, and that's probably going to put a wrap on our callers this morning. I want to say thanks again to Don Cooper-Stevens for uh, doing a great job producing the show. And uh, and he and he was kind of doing double duty today. He's producing the show, and he's doing some training. Thanks to Jimmy, who's in there handling at least half the show. I know that. Great job, bud. Very, very well done. Um, want to say get well soon to, uh, to, to my brother Jim Smith. Uh, he uh, is is uh, you know recovering from a stroke and and had a little setback yesterday, but uh, keep him in your prayers, please. Want to mention one more time the laughter is the best medicine event coming up in October. Yep, I know it's a ways off, but check out uh, the opportunity to get tickets at windowworldtx.com forward slash funny. Uh, drop me an email at mbomba at windowworldtx.com during the week if you like. And we will see you right here, same time, same place, next week on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.